You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And good morning, everybody. Welcome back to BXB, Bronx Baseball, the Yankees podcast from Odyssey, along with Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. This is the ALCS preview edition because the Yankees took care of business in games four and five against Cleveland. Game five at home on Monday, and the Yankees made an early statement and won it. Keith, I come prepared. Here you go, baby. Three run homers <laughs> win ball games. And I don't care if they come in the first inning or the ninth inning, they win ball games, baby. Yeah, chicks dig the long ball. I've been saying it this whole postseason. I know you've been saying the three-run homer, and we got that from Stan in the first inning, and that changed everything. That changed any angst, any anxiety, any worry, any That's tightness. Cool. That's why they're so good, right? <laughs> because, yeah, you get that three-run start, and everybody is still piling into the stadium and filling into uh, to the stadium. I feel like maybe some people saw that home run and they were like, Hey, we should go to that game. That's going to be the, uh, I've been standing in line when it left the building. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's going to be the deciding game. So, um, it was great to see them get to Aaron Savali early. Uh, I mean, he, he's never pitched well against the Yankees and they came out determined. You could tell, and you could tell in the post game, the way they talked about it, they knew it's a do or die game at home. It got postponed today, whatever. Uh, got to go out there and get it done for our fans and advance to the ALCS. You know, what was a sign to me that I, I tweeted out this picture because it was a, it was interesting to me as I'm watching Savali warm up. OK, and I know you're not going to be able to see this very clear on here, but I'm going to try and get it to you. This is this is the first three guys in the lineup in the bottom of the first as Savali is warming up. They are all on the on deck circle. Yeah. Ready to swing. Helmets. Savages. Sort of like ready to hunt. Torres, dogs, Torres, hungry people. dogs. <laughs> yeah, three guys. I'm going. Wait a second. I don't think I've ever seen this before. You know, usually you got the guy who's up first, and then the guy who's on deck. Right. The three hole hitter is not sitting or waiting with the bat in his hand in the on deck circle. They were pumped and ready. And Stanton made an early statement. And listen, I mean, it's kind of been a running joke on post games for ten years, right? Three run homers. This is what you know. This is you know. I, I know people don't like to sell. The game is gone, but I mean. Three-run homers mean something, man. And when you get one that early, think about this. Uh, after the judge home run made a four-zip, Keith, the Guardians loaded the bases. They had that threat in the third inning against Nestor Cortez, right? Uh, they got the sack fly from Ramirez. And then Gonzalez flew out, and it's 4-1. to one. That was the last time the Guardians brought the tying run to the plate. Yep. The Yankees are never in danger again. Just that one threat because they struck early, they struck big, and that allowed you to ride Nestor as far as you could because you got a lead. You weren't playing this tight 3-2 game where you're worried about a ball leaving the park in a bad matchup. Uh, and you can dictate the bullpen matchups, which Cleveland wasn't able to because they kept chasing, and they don't hit home runs. So 
You strike early, four early against the team that really has trouble scoring. They need like 12 hits to score four runs. Well, you know, you do the math, Keith. I mean, as close to as, you know, good as you can draw it up, it got drawn up and came to life. And I was pleased. Uh, I said on the radio last night that that Ramirez long foul ball, my my yeah. pull left my body. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately thought tie game. But uh, <laughs> no, it was just a long strike. And uh, Nestor battled. And, you know, how about Nestor, man? Nestor's story this year, uh, this guy, he just keeps adding to it. He knows who he is. And he competes. And that's who you want on the mound. They went from J-Mo to Nestor because they knew Nestor would be ready to compete. And then they went to the bullpen. And now you're looking at this bullpen a little differently, right? They, you know, going into the ALDS, there was all of these questions about this bullpen and how Boone would manage it and who would be the guy and closer by committee. It's not closer by committee. We we pretty much have a good idea of, you know, what Wandy's going to do, what Clay is going to do, what Loise is going to do. And I'm interested to see what they're going to do with uh, the seven-game series and the ALCS and how many pitchers they're going to carry, who they're going to take off. We didn't see Lucas Lickey at all. We didn't yep. see Miguel Castro at all. Now Frankie Montas is in play. We'll we'll get to it at some point in the episode. Marinaccio is in play here too. Uh, Peralta, as much as he worked, is still very important in this series. Um, you're going to look at different spots in the lineup. Marinaccio with that changeup against some lefties, you know that might be a good spot right there too. Um, he, if, if he's ready to go and it feels like he is, um, you know, they're going to take a 13th pitcher for this series. Uh, the problem is offensively, they're still going to be searching for it a little bit. Uh, and I'll get into that a, a little bit more, but you know, back to your original point about the bullpen, you're right. You know, they threw up five score, uh, six scoreless innings in games four and five, and they held Cleveland down. You know, we've talked about during the course of this series, it takes a lot of work for Cleveland to score runs, right? A lot of hits. They got to pile up a lot of hits to score runs. So the bullpen gets dented a little bit, but they don't really break. They bend, but they don't break because Cleveland does what it does. They put those little infield singles and flares in play, but the Yankees got big strikeouts when they needed them too, which I didn't expect because they don't have a lot of swing and miss guys, but they got some of them. They were cooked, Sweeney. Those boys had to sleep at the hotel. They were at the Best Western last night or two nights ago. They checked out of their hotel. They were scrambling around the city to find Hampton Inn, the Howard Johnson, Econo Lodge, whatever was available. I had people knocking on my door. You know, I was like, "Hey, yeah, you got the, hey, you got an extra got room, sweetie." Airbnb thing happening there. Um, listen, I, I mean. There's there's a lot of different things. Bottom line is that the Yankees pitched really well here, and I don't think that is understood enough because you held you know it seemed like there was always guys on base because they're getting a bunch of hits right but you held them to what 14 runs in the um in the five games it's because they didn't hit the ball out of the ballpark and the yankees did um you know just playing with the numbers a little bit here the, the you know the guardians got 44 hits in the five games but they got 15 of them in one game so if you take out game three they hit 212 against yankees pitching 212 um, and they scored what? That means they scored eight, nine, eight runs in the other four games. The Yankees pitched really well. And I think that's an important factor going into the next series to remember how well these guys pitched. Garrett Cole, got to give props to Garrett Cole. People were asking last night, who's the MVP of this series? Is it Garrett Cole or Harrison Bader? I think it's Cole. Yeah. You know, the, the first, the first win, the second win came behind Garrett Cole. He, uh, you know, kind of changed the narrative on his whole 
Yankees yeah. tenure. Is he an yeah. ace? That's that's an ace performance in uh, you know two games in the DS. Guys coming out of the bullpen. Uh, we already mentioned you know Wandy Loizaga Holmes. Uh, Jamison Tyone will get his shot coming up. Sevy will get another chance coming up. Sevy's another guy that you know is a little yeah. shaky to start, but he battled and settled in. And man, the Yankees could have won this in four. Um, but you know, they did what they had to do in five. And now I, I'm really hoping that there's like momentum. We always talk about momentum, but I hope there is some momentum that carries from the Yankees winning, um, the Yankees popping champagne last night, seeing their fans mob the streets. Like you couldn't move out there. I yeah. took me took me 20 minutes to actually get oh, I know. out there. I know. I had a little extra time. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't. <laughs> How funny was it, sweetie? I wasn't allowed to leave. Rosenberg says, can you stretch this out a little bit longer? Because Keith's still <laughs> no. on the train. I'm like, oh. Mon- Monday, <laughs> Monday, the parking deck is a parking lot. Literally, you can't yeah. get out of the parking deck. So I give it some time to cool off. I come back around 1030 into the parking deck and I see Sweeney pulling out. He didn't get very far. See you later. Yeah. I didn't get out of there until like, I don't know, 1145 or 10, 1045, 11. Then the next day I, I'm, I, I sing Frank. That's all I wanted to do was go to the stadium yesterday, win the game, sing, sing Frank. But then it's a log jam getting out of the stadium. It's a log jam in the great hall. And then when you step out, people aren't, moving people aren't running like they usually are hanging out like, party, huh? yeah it's just a mob of people with phones and chanting f altuve and let's go yeah. Yankees and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah i'm not a big fan you know it's funny too because there's a sign there's a sign i don't know if you've ever seen it it's when you walk in and by the great hall i've seen it it says um uh, something about uh, abusive language or certain, you know, foul language will not be permitted <laughs> inside a Yankee stadium. And I always want to write underneath it. It says, unless you attach Altuve's name to it, because then apparently it's fine. Like, and get ready for it. I talked about know, it last night on air. We yeah, both talked about like, does that give them power? Does that help them out? You, it, you can't avoid know. it. Listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm the old guy with kids, right? So I'm sitting with young kids. So I'm sitting there saying, come on, man, can we do something better than this? Like the Josh Naylor stuff, Keith. I mean, that, oh, was, that was huge yesterday. That was great. And Torres putting it right. I mean, orchestrated, choreographed, and putting it right back to them. That's, I mean, that was pretty impressive. And like, that was impressive. I, I loved it. I love that. That moment that Josh Naylor thought he had was premature. Yeah, uh, we yeah. talked about it on the last show. I thought it was disrespectful. I thought it crossed the line. I'm all for backflipping and that type of stuff. They never just, had like, the lead. It was misplaced, and it was so choreographed and planned that we could tell, oh, if you hit a home run off of Garrett Cole, no matter what part of the game it was, that's what you were going to say. And also, we learned that he had done that at other points in this year when he hits a home run off a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny. I was listening to, to two guys, one Guardians fan, one Yankees fan there in front of me in the line. The Guardians fan was wearing a Lindor jersey. And he was trying to explain to him, like, Naylor, Naylor does that, bro. Naylor does that. He's been doing it all year. He hits home runs. He hits a lot of home runs, and he does that. And the guy was like, hey, take it easy. He's got, like, 12 home runs this year. He doesn't do that all the time. Yeah. We haven't seen it. And the guy was telling him, he's like, that is now the new who's your daddy. Like, yeah, yeah. X amount of years later, two decades later, uh, Pedro is like, thank you for prematurely calling Garrett Cole your son. And these young Yankees fans now have their who's your daddy moment. I was yeah. in there like, not the father. Yeah. <laughs> who's yeah. your daddy? Not uh-huh. the father. <laughs> yeah, they they set it up good. And like, you know, I mean, it's one thing if you had 
you know, if you'd done that, if you'd gotten the Gonzalez game-winning hit, walking it off, right? That's a little bit different. I mean, the home run didn't give them the lead. And in fact, they never had the lead again, ever. After game, <laughs> they, they made four innings this entire series. This is the other thing, like you talked about, like it was five games set. It was tough, but, you know, the Yankees pretty much dominated this. They lost an extra innings game and they lost a miracle comeback game. Now those yeah. count. I'm not saying you throw them back because those count. But, you know, from a standpoint of how well they played, you know, yeah, there are certain issues, but I think they played really well. They were the better team. It was their series to lose. They didn't lose. They advanced. It took eight days. First time in history that we had the DS overlap the CS. And uh, it created a moment. I was listening to Salicata after I, I was on last night driving home. And he's like, these Yankees fans are celebrating like they won the World Series. No, bro. These <laughs> Yankees fans are celebrating like we haven't had a moment like that in three years, a postseason win like that in three years. And even three years ago in 2019, when we had game two with the DD Grand Slam and, you know, yeah, we yeah. celebrated then, it wasn't the same because it was just game two. We went and won that round out in Minnesota. We got to win this round at home. So people went out in the streets and please don't forget there were, you know, in this three year gap, there was a whole pandemic where we were trapped inside and yeah. people couldn't be outside in big groups like that. So that played into it too. Uh, someone asked me, I think it was Paulie asked me, he's like, you know, if the, Give me a prediction on the Astros. If the if if they go on and lose this Astros series and get swept, are you disappointed? I'm like, no. I'm like, being able to walk outside the stadium and see fans legitimately that happy, see people with tears in their eyes last night, like the season is already a success to me. And I know Yankee seasons, we judge by World Series, but yeah. just well, being able to I'm, advance I'm and give people that. I'm going to disagree with you there because you've been you've been here before. You've been to the ALCS. This Third is time now. Been, and you're trying to play the beast right now, right? Okay? Lose to them, it's not a successful season. But I will tell you, you're asking the wrong people. Bitter Met fans like Sal and Pauly, they <laughs> the division was over three months ago, okay? And said it out loud, okay? Yeah. So don't go by anything what they're saying. But no, <laughs> this is not a successful season until you beat the Astros. Now, World Series is something else, okay? And obviously, that's the big goal. Uh, for me, for me out. personally, I, I, that was a fulfilling moment last night, that it game. Won, but it's not going to be, you know, dude, we are going to be back here next week. And if it is, you know, and if it is not a Yankees victory in the ALCS, you are not going to be having no. that smile on your face saying that. No, it was I won't be happy, but I also won't let these Mets fans try and set us up for some like epic <laughs> collapse yeah. or fail. Like this team hasn't already uh, achieved. They, they have, this is a Don't team that people on the TV and watch the Yankees. They have to. They have no choice. They have to watch Yankees fans celebrating. That's what they thought they were going to be doing this year. And, uh, you know, the, this Yankees team, people told me, was going to be a third-place team, a fourth-place team. I heard fourth, yes. People Yankees fans fourth. killed this offseason. Yankees fans killed this deadline. Jordan Montgomery trade, worst trade ever. What is Cashman doing? You don't give away pitching. Frankie Montas, what? We didn't get Luis Castillo. And, you know, obviously the IKF Donaldson trade. Um, I don't I don't know for me as a Yankees fan and all of the seasons that I've experienced and maybe it's because I'm in the media now I, I, I get to be on this podcast I get to be on WFAN MLB Network I, I have already been fulfilled this season I know there's more mm -hmm. I want more I want revenge but I like I'm not looking at this se season as a failure if they lose to the Guardians in the first round is a failure if they lose to the Astros in the ALCS 
it'll be the third time. It'll be a heartbreaker. But it's like these are the one and two seeds. These are the two best teams in the AL. This is what we were expecting all year. It was chalk. The, this 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 side of the bracket was chalk when the other side of the bracket was not. Yeah. You know, this is the final four, and we talked about it. Baseball's built the NCAA tournament, right? So this is the final four, and you have one half that's chalk and one half that's upsets, and we'll see who advances here. You're listening to BXB, Bronx Baseball, it's the Yankees podcast from Odyssey. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts. It's free to subscribe, to follow, review, download, all of that good stuff. Uh, And leave some nice comments about him, Keith McPherson, and about me, Sweeney Murdy. And make sure you keep coming back. We've got uh, got a lot to cover here as the Yankees hit the ALCS for Game 1 coming up Wednesday night in Houston. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The Yankees have, I think, a pretty clear, you know, they have a, a lot of roster decisions uh, for various reasons, but I think they have a pretty clear pitching path, which I think bodes well for them because Tyone is rested and ready to go for game one. Um, and Luis Severino's on regular rest for game two. Uh, I know there's people thinking bring Cole back at this. I think you wait for game three because the way this – this is seven games in eight days. There's only one off day built into this, uh, barring weather in New York next week, right? But if you try to squeeze – if you can get Severino into game two, you can pitch him on normal rest for game six. You can get Cole for game three on full rest and then short rest for game seven. You don't want to keep going short, 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 because that has come up short at some point. Like then it then it backfires on you at some point. And and the Houston Astros, they have aces. They have guys that know how to pitch this lineup. Uh they have a great lineup of their own with some hitters. Uh the talk last night was about Jordan Alvarez not getting anything to hit. You know he's the guy, like he's their MVP. He's the killer. He's the one that's going to hit it out of the ballpark and change the game for them. And uh, they have other guys mixed in there. Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Altuve. He's been struggling a little bit, but he's still Jose Altuve. He knows what to do in the postseason. Uh, This rookie, Jeremy Pena. Excited Mm -hmm. to see him. I kind of wish it was a battle of our rookie, Oswald Peraza, at shortstop versus Jeremy Pena. Um, 
Well, you know, that's it's not going to be, but he might be on the roster. Yeah, and we talked about this the last show. Like, it's hard to think that the Yankees don't trust him really to play July, August, or September, where they could have, you know, could have given him kind of a tryout, more or less, uh, given where they were in the standings, and then throw him into ALCS. Isaiah Conner-Falef had to come in for defense yesterday because of the Hicks injury, and now Hicks is done, and the Yankees have some roster decisions. Um, they, you know, they probably, I think they're going to lean towards Stanton in left field in the short left field uh, at Minute Maid Park yep. and make Carpenter the DH against Verlander. But you can't go that way every game. You have to figure out your outfield. It's not going to be Benintendi. It's not going to be Hicks. You're kind of scratching right now. And that's part, you know, they're going to have to replace Hicks on the roster. They're going to have to take another position player out anyway, though, because they've got to add another, add a 13th pitcher. So there's some decisions here. Yeah, and it's just funny how things kind of work themselves out. Uh, you kind of just default into things with who you have and what you have. Like going into the ALDS, Chapman quit. I covered Chapman's face up right here. I, <laughs> I've got Judge. I've got Stan. I'll even leave Gary Sanchez. But Chapman's got bad vibes when you're talking about this Astros series. So don't you know? Don't even think covered about him it. up before. before oh, but listen, but I'm thinking. Listen, you don't. You got to add an extra pitcher. You have to take somebody off. Well, that's Hicks. So you can still roll with what you have now, which is Cabrera, Connor Falefa, Marwin, um, and the backup catcher. That's probably your best. DJ, give me DJ. And I know that we're not sure about his foot, yeah. but. If he if he can at least do something like mm -hmm. put him on the roster and I don't know I don't think they have any faith in the young rookie Oswald Peraza but like you have Oswaldo Cabrera running around out there this guy's at shortstop yesterday thinking he's Jeter he's running out to make that play and there's a lot of, I know those are weird plays in short left that, and there was a bunch Deja of deja vu left field yeah. is haunted left field is haunted we <laughs> just lost we just lost an outfielder that we put out there because we thought he'd be a better fielding option the ball came at him twice the first time was in game i think four, four and yeah. he was mm -hmm. kind of jogging towards it second time that was a weirder play because of the angle off the bat i really believe that um and this time but you've got cabrera in different spots who whether it's in left field or shortstop yeah he's a good fielder but you know you're seeing the inexperience play out yeah and that's hard Ball will find you. He is a rookie. He is an infielder that we stuck in left field out of, like I said, defaulting into things. Benintendi got hurt. Benintendi was supposed to be your left fielder. Imagine if we had Benintendi, Bader, Judge in the outfield like it was written up. Yeah. Like it was oh, and Benintendi haven't played a game together yet, right? No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> they never will for the New York Yankees, in my opinion. But uh, now Hicks is out. And, you know, Hicks said he he's upset. He's disappointed. Um, it's a six-week recovery. But, you know, not for nothing. Um, a lot of Yankees fans hate Aaron Hicks. Me personally, I thought he wasn't going to see any postseason at-bats. We kind of defaulted into a situation where it's like, hey, he played two games, that's it. Now you yeah. you look at guys like Marwin Gonzalez, who was my first option off the bench, um, and he ended up going in. Uh, my friend David was like, what about LeCastro? LeCastro is already going to be there because he's the pinch runner. But uh, now I think you have some decisions to make with guys mm -hmm. like DJ and Peraza as far as position players, who's on the bench. And like you mentioned with Stanton going into the outfield, good. We saw we saw Stanton after the All-Star break make a diving play out there and left, and we know they have the Crawford boxes, so it, yeah. it kind of creates like a green monster or like a shorter outfield to play. Yes. And I, I know that Stanton has played there before. He'll be all right. But now I think um, 
you know, what do you do with IKF? I think Boone is the type, and we've seen, to build his guy up. We saw him go out mm-hmm. there last night. I think benching IKF might center him again, get his, you know, head together, and I think they're going to go to him. I think they're going to put him at shortstop. Or it's, or it's Oswaldo Cabrera, but uh, I don't know. I kind of expect to see G out and left and, and Carpenter yeah. DH. Carpenter only got two at-bats in the whole five-game series. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking they're going to want to get some more out of him against his Astros pitching. Uh, man, it's funny. You know, Aaron Boone has got a ton to manage, and uh, this uh, Yankees brain trust, these analytical nerds, these upstairs guys that people talk about, they, they've got a lot to do here to make sure this roster is – correct and uh these lineups are correct and these bullpen decisions are correct they were able to escape the first round with some shaky moves some shaky decisions but everything's got to be tightened up going into houston tonight yeah and uh i think you know carpenter i think will play a bigger role here for these reasons because the yankees are kind of short in the outfield and they're going to have some decisions to make um but uh you know it's hard the guy had his last regular at bat was August 8th. And then he got thrown up in a couple of pinch hit spots and they were the right moves. He came up at the two exact right times where he could have made a big impact and he didn't get the hit. You know, like I said, you know, we're, you know, we keep going in thinking he's Roy Hobbs and because of what he did. Like it's, it's, it's hard to get it's back to do. You get one, you, you're going to get a couple of chances. If you get one big hit, it's worth everything. You're not going to get seven of them, right, in that role that he's in. So, But get him four at-bats in a game instead of two in a series and see if he has some luck seeing some yeah. more pitches. But, I mean, but it comes at a price because Stanton in the outfield is not your best outfield. And you have – you're paying a price at one point or another. Oswaldo Cabrera in left field versus Aaron Hicks – or uh, versus Stanton now that Hicks is gone. I didn't even really look at Hicks. Is like – I'm like, oh, we've seen Hicks – not be great in left field. I don't think he's an upgrade necessarily over Oswaldo Cabrera. He, the kid he just had I mean, we all have that play in, against Tampa in our minds, and that's not who he is. On the balance, he he was their best left fielder this season. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, it is definitely a loss defensively. LeCastro is not as good an outfielder, so if you're going to defense late for Stanton, you know, he's fine, he's fast, but he's not as good an outfielder. So you're, you're going to... You know, you but said runner, so you can't him. start him, in my opinion. No, you won't start him. I'm saying, but defense. If you want to pull Stanton for defense late now, okay, yeah. If you want to do that at the end of the who game, your best outfielder is LeCastro's okay as an outfielder. Um, I don't think he he's be better fine than in Houston. He should be fine in Houston, but when they come back to Yankee Stadium, you've heard people say Yankee Stadium left field can can be an ocean. Do they feel more confident with Cabrera running around out there because he has gotten more reps out there mm-hmm. in this last month versus Stanton, who almost has never played out there? Yeah. I, th- I tell you what's interesting, though. You've got the game times next week are going to be a factor, too, because you've got a 5 o'clock and a 4 o'clock at yeah. Yankee Stadium, right? Shadow so a little you're bit. talking about the only part of the field that still has sun in it at that time of day is left field, really, left and, and center. Mm-hmm. So left center. So you're talking about putting an inexperienced player out there um, in that spot. You know, it's it's a little. Oh, we'll find you. We've already up. seen it. It's like it, it's it, baseball is amazing. <laughs> it's like the ball knows. All right. I'm going to drop in right here. Like in this series, when we look back, I think that happened three times. We had the Donaldson one where he picked it up and threw it across the infield. Mm-hmm. We had the uh, Hicks one where he charged it and was running short and then we just had the one where Hicks got injured because Cabrera was 
full speed ahead. I'm the captain now. I'm going to make this play, but I didn't actually make the play. That's the thing with that play. I'm like, if you're going to go all the way over there, don't let the ball hit your glove. Get that ball. Like, we just lost a player, and and the, the play didn't get made. But he's a, he's a rookie, uh, all of this stuff, and um, – I don't know. They got to they got to tighten up. Defense has to be tight against the Astros. The Astros defense is tight. These guys are good. Like and we all know that. You can't make mistakes. You can't have little bloops dropping in or throwing errors or or mistakes like we saw in this series. Like I literally look at this Guardian series as okay, the Yankees were able to survive that, but they know they're not going to be able to survive making some of the same mistakes in the championship series. Tighten up now. Learn from those mistakes. And I, you know, uh, Cabrera has played well in the outfield on balance, but you know, everything is a little bit, has to be tighter this time. Like you're talking about, and you're talking about the inexperience in these big spots that you just, you know, you're, you really just have to be, everything has to be at your best. And now if you know, you might have to end up with Isaiah Cutter Falefa again in big spots, you know, yesterday it was a five to one game late and you weren't all that concerned, but you had to go back to him right there. So you're going to have to keep relying on people and hoping that you just play your tightest, best baseball. They, the defense wasn't the best for the Yankees in this series. Part of it was Cleveland putting his little bloops in the play, but um, you know, they have the ability and need to, and the need to really make it tighter this time. The bullpen was, you know, we talked about this. The bullpen was really good, actually. You know, you had the runs were only against really Tyone and Schmidt, really the only runs the bullpen allowed. I know those runs charged to Peralta because he put the guys on base in game three and couldn't finish it out. But Schmidt gave up those runs. But everybody, you know, Peralta was really good. Loisaga was really good. Uh, Clay Holmes was outstanding, right? Um, and, and Trevino didn't work all that much. I think you're going to probably lean on him again in this series. You know, it's it's going to be hard. You're going to push your starters, but you know, I, I think I, I think you feel decent about your bullpen. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And here comes Robert. Good morning. Robert Ford, radio voice of the Houston Astros, kind enough to join us this morning as the Yankees and Guardians, not the Yankees, beat the Guardians. The Yankees and Astros get set to begin the American League Championship Series coming up later tonight, Wednesday night. Robert Keith McPherson, haven't seen you in a long time, um, probably since June, I guess, right? Justin Verlander's start was a little alarming, I would say, and the Astros came back to win that game. And it took me a little while. Like, I didn't realize. I looked back. Like, he absolutely dominated the Yankees in 2017 in the ALCS, but he's had kind of a spotty postseason history since then. Um, what do you make of what happened in game one of the Seattle series compared to how dominant he was during the regular season? 
Well, I think one thing to keep in mind is it was the seventh time Verlander's first this year that one started in the division series. He, I mean, it's rare that you see a guy match up against a team in all six series that you play, but that's mm-hmm. what happened with Verlander. So that was part of it. Um, he wasn't as sharp, and then you know he got a slow start, and then he's kind of started to get in a little bit of a rhythm, but never really completely got going. Um, I think in his career, having a, extra, a few extra days rest between starts will help him. Uh, he, he wasn't going to pitch in game four had there been a game four in, in Seattle, uh, and he would have been on rest. Uh, Christian Javier would have started. But okay. I think, and I think it was with an eye toward uh, just trying to keep Verlander fresh. And honestly, I don't know that if there had been a game five uh, against the Mariners, that he would have pitched in that game either, even though he would have had an extra day's rest. So I think that um, having a, a few extra days rest since that, that last start, I think will help. I think, you know, he's trying to get to the finish line. I mean, this is the first full season he's pitched in, in a couple of years. And um, so I think against that, he he knows his body about as well as, as any athlete does, uh, you know, for as long as he's been around. So I think that, um, you know, the extra plum and uh, I, I do think one of the most starts he had was a start he made at Yankee Stadium. Uh, back in June. I mean, the Yankees had won 14 straight home games or whatever it was. Yeah. And he came in and just absolutely shut them down. Yeah. Uh, and that was the day after the first game of that series, uh, you know, lost it late on the, on the walk-off by judge. Uh, and then he just came out and just absolutely shut down the Yankees. And I think really kind of a chain, kind of an inflection point in thought with the way Verlander pitched. And of course, the next day, and throwing a no hitter. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, raring to go. And I think, I think he should be better today than he was that first game against the Mariners in the division series. Um, I have a question about, you know, this, this pursuit of a world series. So the, the Astros in this final four are the favorites. They're the number one seed. They have the most wins. They have the, you know, best regular season record. And when you look at the field, uh, they have the Yankees, who they have a better record in in the regular season. And then you look at the National League, whoever they get out of the National League, they'll have home field advantage. Is there any talk about, you know, getting back to a World Series and winning a World Series that is uh, separate from 2017? Right. Obviously, we know the scandal and what happened with um, the trash can banging. And uh, in New York, we talk about that probably more than they do in Houston. But is there any talk about getting to the World Series and winning it this year, right? This is a team that has been the six ALCSs. And, you know, is there any talk about, hey, this is the year to go out there and win it and prove it and and just have an outright World Series championship that no one can question? No, because it's a much different group. I mean, Altuve, Bregman, and Gurriel are the only position players left from 2017. Uh, so it's not like it's the the club. It's I, I think there's see the thing you know it's the same group from five years ago but it's it's a lot different um so i don't think that's the motivation for most of these guys because they weren't here in, in 2017 Verlander was here mccullers were, was here five guys that's it mm. who were part of that 2017 championship club that are still in the astros in 2022 um yeah i don't i and you know and a different manager obviously and yeah, I, I don't. I don't as being uh, uh, a driving force for for the majority of these guys. 
Robert, I'm curious about like how this rotation plays out. Um, I, Keith and I speculated about the Yankees rotation with obviously Tyone going game one, but Luis Severino's ready uh, for on full rest for game two, and he pitched well against the Astros this year. You've got Garrett Cole who can come back on re- on regular rest for game three, and then Cortez in game four. And Cole actually pitched that game against Christian Javier when the Yankees were no hit, and actually pitched really well that day too. So um, there's some interesting matchups, uh, but because of what you said about Verlander and, and like what his use might have been in the division series, how does the rest of this rotation play out? And what, where does you know where does Verlander come back after Game One, assuming it's just a normal type of Game One for him? Well, I think uh, I think you got Verlander and Framber Valdez the first two games, and again, I don't, I don't think the Astros have announced beyond Game One mm-hmm. if it's any different than what I'm about to tell you. It'll probably be you know Verlander Game One. Robert Valdez, game two, game three in New York, probably Lance McCullers. Uh, game four would probably be, my guess would be Christian Hopkins, who, you know, pitched, as you know, very well. He's had that, you know, the seven no hit in against the Yankees. And then I think Verlander probably back for, for game because you're still talking about an extra day's rest there with the travel day. Okay. Uh, so I can't imagine, uh, if, assuming that this series goes, you know, games can't imagine Verlander I mean it's he's not he was in his prime he wasn't a guy who was really a candidate to start on short rest uh, it wasn't something that he did he did it but he didn't do it very often even the, when he was in his prime right so uh yeah I think that's how we'll line up there is a possibility that Luis Car- Garcia could sneak in there rather than Christian Javier see a scenario where maybe the Astros feel like they, they need the bullpen for extended innings over one of these first couple of games, and Garcia obviously pitched great uh, in that 18 inning game. He pitched the last five innings against Seattle uh, in in game in game three. Uh, so, and not that he wasn't in the mix before, but I think he's he's a very likely option. I tend to doubt that unless something happens that Jose Urquidy will get a start in this series, particularly at Yankee Stadium, a guy who's homer prone. I don't know that you want him pitching at Yankee. Uh, you could argue. Minute Maid Park against this lineup either. Yeah, sure. uh, so uh, I think Urquidy probably is a, a long man out of the assuming he's still on the roster, which I tend to believe he will be okay. uh, for the ALCS. But yeah, I would imagine it'll be Verlander, Framber Valdez, uh, Lance McCullers Jr., and then Pierre in that order, and then back to Verlander for a game five, so assuming there is a game five. During the regular season, I was I think it was Martin Maldonado, the catcher for you guys. What's your catcher's name? Um Maldonado. It is yeah. Maldonado. I don't know if his first name is Martin Maldonado, but yeah. uh I remember him having a quote where, you know, when they came to New York for that four game set, he said they were walking in like it was postseason baseball. They were walking in like it was the playoffs. I don't know if the Yankees necessarily felt like that, but he spoke to that. And uh now it is the postseason. Now it is the playoffs. So um with you already mentioning this new cast of characters, uh, give us one guy we should look out for. We've already mentioned, you know, Kyle Tucker and Jeremy Pena, the rookie, and obviously everyone knows Jordan Alvarez. But give me one guy that's been playing well late in the season or played well in these first three games in Seattle that you think is uh, going to catch our attention that, you know, Yankees fans should be on the lookout for. Well, I mean, I know you already mentioned him, but I, I'm coming into the postseason that Jeremy Pena uh, is maybe the most intriguing in this Astros ball club. And I say that because, you know, he's a rookie. You know, you mentioned, you know, the Yankees really haven't seen a whole lot of Jeremy Payne mm-hmm. at this point. 
And what's been impressive is that, you know, obviously like doesn't always come through, but it's never because the moment's too big for him. Uh, I mean, he had two walk-off home runs as a rookie. Uh, yeah, obviously he had the big home run in the 18th the other day. Uh, he's not someone who is away from the moment or the moment for him. I mean, you think about game vision series, Jordan Alvarez home run doesn't happen if on a one-two count with the Astros down to their final strike against Seattle, against Paul Seawald, one of their best relievers, uh, hits a slot struggle with most of the year, hits a slider in the center field for a single. Uh, and going. That, that rally doesn't happen without that hit by Payne. So I, to where he is in the lineup batting second right ahead of Alvarez, I mean, such a, a big key in the postseason is getting on in front of Jordan Alvarez, largely so that team's him. Uh, you know, with Altuve and Pena in those spots. And Pena did a really good job of that uh, in the division series. Uh, he got on ahead of both of Jordan's home uh, against Seattle in that division series. So the key player, um, and, and I think he's a guy who, you know, could surprise some people or maybe you'll, if the Astros have a good ALCS and you're like, man, this guy, this guy might be the MVP. Of the- I could very much see that. Uh, Robert, one last one for me, and it kind of leads back to a, a picture that I saw. Uh, I don't know if Keith saw this or recognized this. Um, in the division series with Seattle, um, Dave Sims, our old friend from WFAN, was the play-by-play announcer for the Mariners uh, in that series. Robert and Dave are the only two African-American full-time play-by-play announcers in Major League Baseball, 30 teams. Uh, Dave does mostly TV, Robert's on radio, and they both got to do the series, call the series on radio for their respective teams uh, in the division series. And it was a cool moment, and you had a picture with Dusty Baker on the field too, which I thought was really cool. Um, so it kind of leads me to question about Dusty. I wanted to highlight that first of all to, uh, and, and say how special that was. But it leads me to question about Dusty. You know, the last time the Yankees saw the um, the Astros in the playoffs, it was not Dusty Baker managing. And I'm wondering, like, after watching the last couple of years, and especially postseason, what is he leaning more towards the old school Dusty ways? Does he incorporate a lot of the new traditional um, metric kind of things? How does he manage, especially when you're talking about bullpen situations and late game situations? Well, I think when you look at the advanced team for the Astros, which relies heavily on analytics and video scouting, it's about as as good of an advanced team as there is in terms of putting together scouting reports and game plans. And Dusty relies very heavily on them. I think a lot of that happens before the game. You know, Dusty always talks about, you know, people t- will talk about how a manager, especially a manager who's been around a lot, as long as he is, how they, they feel, they manage by instinct. You know, because what a lot of it is, is you've done all the home for the game about possible scenarios, possible matches that are favorable, matches to avoid. And so then you're just putting that into practice. But it's all stuff that you've already thought about and planned out and written down um, and I think most managers do that these days. Uh, you know, I always think about when AJ Hinch was managing the Astros, he would always talk about uh, maybe Pierre, but when you'd ask him about did he talk about, oh, we like this guy for this pocket. We like this, that guy for that pocket. And I think it's very similar uh, with what Dusty Baker does. 
and so he's already thought about scenarios and possibilities. And he always says, you know, theory uh, and the other team can always disrupt your plans. But he's already thought all of this out. Of this is reliant on analytics. A lot of this is reliant on the numbers. A lot of this is reliant on the matchups. So I think it's a misnomer to say that are inaccurate to say that, you know, Dusty Baker doesn't rely on. I don't think that's it at all. I think, I think it's very deceiving because he's not, but I think because people think that sometimes because he's not always, he's not always going to do it exactly the way you would think, but it's not because there isn't a plan because he hasn't looked at the numbers. Sometimes he may say, this may be what the numbers say, but this is what I'm seeing. This, we are seeing in the dugout, uh, whether it's what a pitcher is doing, whether it's knowing your own personnel and where they are at that given time. Uh, so, yeah, I think Dusty relies quite a bit, but I don't think he's a prisoner to them either. I don't have a further question because I know we got to wrap up soon. I just wanted to throw out there that Carlos Correa will be watching this from home. Yankees fans wanted Carlos Correa and the Houston Astros didn't want Carlos Correa. It'll be Jeremy Pena versus uh, IKF at shortstop. And it's going to be a heavyweight fight. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yes, you can watch Carlos on the uh, show on TV if he's going to be a part of the series. Good. (laughs) Good spot for him. I think he'll get a warm reception when he comes to New York on set. It'd be a fantastic. Robert, I know New York loves you. Bronx, Bronx native, right? So uh, when you get here for uh, game three, welcome home and uh, enjoy the first couple of games. And I uh, can't wait to see you in New York. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. All right. Take, take care, guys. I'll see you on the four train. All right. <laughs> Robert Ford, radio voice of the Houston Astros. Uh, and, uh, boy, he's gotten to live in October. You know, baseball announcers usually – plan for six month seasons he's had to plan for a seventh month for for every year now this is what you sign up for the astros have become what the yankees used to be what the dodgers have been um you know going deep into october keith this is it man we we've been waiting for this since really since february and you wanted you talked about whether or not this is going to be a fourth place team a third place team you still wanted to go through the astros at some point and here it is heavyweight fight seven games yeah, uh, I need that revenge. I wanted the Astros. I didn't want the Mariners. And uh, you got four more wins to get back to a World Series. Four more wins. And uh, I- I'm excited. Uh, I'm happy that the Yankees are here and that uh, we've got these weekend games coming up. And it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. And this is the best time of year. So let's go, Yanks. Let's get it done. I think if they steal this game tonight or the game Thursday and then come back home, like, They've got a shot. I don't think it's going to be domination. There's new players, new characters, new villains for us. And the last thing I'll say is, uh, you know, I know a lot of casual Yankees fans are in on this series because of the scandal, right? Because of the trash can banging and the cheater and F Altuve. But, you know, baseball fans that have watched have watched how good Houston is. They have the right manager. They find the right players. They plug guys in. They, they play good defense. They get timely hits and they dominate. And like, I don't know if they're cheating now. <laughs> I don't know if they're still doing anything. I, I want to give them credit for just being a good organization year in and year out and having a winning culture. They did not always have that. And you got to respect that. You got to respect your opponents. The Yankees have to go in and play up. They got to play tight. Like you can't make mistakes against these guys because they'll make you pay. So I hope that they learn from the Guardian series and they're locked in and they're ready 
to uh, you know step up a level and and compete against the number one seed. And I think they can beat them. I think they can knock them off. But I think it's going to take six or seven games and it's going to take some near flawless baseball, which is impossible. But uh, you just got to make less mistakes um, than they do. They, you know, they're going to make make mistakes, too. They're going to have errors. They're going to strike out. They're going to, you know, not, uh, you know, execute their pitches. And uh, we'll be watching every single one of them. This is it. The ALCS, four wins, and the Yankees are back in the World Series. I'll tell you why I don't think the Astros are cheating because they've had some trouble scoring and that's going to be part of it. You know, they, this is not the same dynamite offense. They were shut down several times in September, twice in a row by the Orioles. The Mariners we just saw uh, have, you know, pretty good pitching staff and they, you know, they held them scoreless for 17 innings in a row and only gave them one run in the 18th and had a game one in hand before they gave it up. Um, so this is, this is a different kind of offense. We'll see what kind of a force Alvarez is for people, uh, about the schedule. It is seven 30 tonight and tomorrow for games one and two Friday is an off day. And then the home games, at Yankee stadium have three different start times. Saturday is five o'clock. Sunday is seven o'clock. Monday is four o'clock. That's games three, four, and five. So plan accordingly. We are coming back to you on Friday after the first two games of this series with a new episode of BXB. It's available from Odyssey. Anywhere you find your podcasts, you find us on socials on Twitter. He is at Keith underscore McPherson, and I am at Yankees WFAN. For our producer, Ryan Chichester, thanks to Robert Ford for joining us. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in a couple of days. Enjoy the ALCS.